This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. A number of states have passed laws regulating health aspects of abortion clinics. Two of the regulations require abortion centers to have admitting privileges at local hospitals and to have facilities that meet the standards for ambulatory surgical centers. These standards ensure that if something goes wrong during an abortion, the woman's physician is there at the hospital knowing about her medical history and condition. It also means that an abortion center's hallways would have to be wide enough to pass a gurney if a patient couldn't walk. Common sense regulations that apply to such places as, say, colonoscopy centers. But rather than ensuring that abortions are safe for women, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are challenging these regulations, claiming that such safety measures would put an undue burden on women seeking abortions. Unfortunately, the United States Supreme Court, in its last term, struck down similar regulations in the state of Texas. So the fate of the Missouri laws hang in the balance. Missouri for Life legislative liaison Susan Klein, who helped get these regulations passed, is today's guest on World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The state of Massachusetts has acknowledged that churches are not public accommodations and that they are free to operate consistently with their beliefs. Massachusetts state officials backpedaled on their original claims that the new gender identity law applies to churches when they host events open to the public. Four Massachusetts churches represented by ADF voluntarily dismissed their suit after the language in the guidance document was revised to protect their constitutional freedoms. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit heard the case regarding the constitutionality of the Bladensburg World War I Veterans Memorial. On November 15, 2015, the U.S. District Court for the District of Maryland ruled the 90-year-old Veterans Memorial was constitutional. After the American Humanist Association appealed the decision, the American Legion asked the Fourth Circuit to uphold the district court's ruling. Law firms Jones Day and First Liberty Institute represent the American Legion, the largest veteran service organization in the country. A local American Legion post erected the monument 90 years ago in honor of 49 men of Prince George's County, Maryland, who gave their lives during the First World War. A Minnesota couple is suing state officials to allow their film production company to celebrate marriage as a man-woman union without being forced, against their biblical beliefs, to promote same-sex marriage. Carl and Angel Larson of St. Cloud, Minnesota, say they run Telescope Media Group as a way to deploy their storytelling ability and production services to glorify God. Minnesota government officials argue that private businesses face criminal penalties if they promote a marriage between a man and a woman, but refuse to promote a same-sex marriage, the Larson's lawyers at the Christian legal group Alliance Defending Freedom say. The Ohio State Senate passed legislation that would ban all abortions after an unborn baby's heart begins to beat. An unborn child's heart begins to beat at 22 days after conception or earlier. Should the measure be approved by the full Ohio State Legislature and signed into law, the legislation might be struck down in court, as has been the case in two other states, Arkansas and North Dakota. 
On December 11th, an explosion in the main hall of St. Mark's Cathedral, the largest Coptic church in Cairo, killed at least 25 and wounded more than 50. The blast took place during Sunday morning mass in the chapel adjoining the main hall of the cathedral. Many among the injured and dead are Christian women and children. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Facebook is one of the biggest social media instruments for checking out what is going on with Worldwide KFUO. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KFUO radio, you'll see us posting pictures, online videos, show information, as well as reviews and previews of events at KFUO. Worldwide KFUO, we are where you are. On Facebook at facebook.com slash KFUO radio. The worldwide leader of confessional Lutheranism. Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. There's a special place where rare books from times long ago come alive in your imagination. A special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance, Sunday at 9.15 a.m. right here on KFUO Radio. Each week I have the privilege of producing a quarter hour of message, music, and prayer blended together to fit a special theme for that day. You'll hear messages of hope and complete confidence in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You'll hear choirs and instrumentals to support the message as well. So I invite you to join me. That's Moments of Assurance, Sunday morning at 9.15 a.m. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work that the here we long as Lutheran Firehawan. I'm Kip Allen, World Lutheran News Digest host. Planned Parenthood is still continuing to fight against further restrictions on abortions. And most notably here in Missouri, they have filed suit against the state that would require them to have uh, the same safety restrictions that ambulatory surgical centers would have. I'm speaking today with Susan Klein with Missouri for Life. Ms. Klein, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your organization? Well, thank you, Kip, for having me on today. Uh, My name is Susan Klein, and I'm the legislative liaison for Missouri Right to Life. I've been uh, with Missouri Right to Life for about 19 years, and I work as the chief lobbyist in the Capitol on legislation. And I was part of, um, very involved in the writing of uh, the laws that have been challenged. 
our laws have the 30 mile radius um, you know, that a, a physician abortionist must have hospital privileges within 30 miles of the abortion clinic. And then the other law that was challenged is the uh, requirement that every abortion facility have the same um, standards as any ambulatory surgical center in the state of Missouri. And those two those laws were part of a, a larger package that was passed in 2005. And these are really fairly standard requirements for surgical centers, for ambulatory surgical centers. My wife happens to work at a colonoscopy center, and they have exactly those same standards imposed on them. And I don't see personally why these restrictions are being challenged, except for to make abortions easier to obtain by, uh, by people. No, well, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the requirements in the ambulatory surgical center regulations basically are to provide safety for anyone um, in this instance uh, to women walking inside an abortion clinic. Um, basically, we're talking about, as far as ambulatory surgical center regs, we're talking about making sure that the halls are wide enough if there's any kind of an emergency to get down the hallways, um, you know, to get a gurney down the hallways, uh, to get to the room where there's an emergency situation. We're talking about, um, you know, having uh, drugs that are not expired. We're talking about um, having um, qualified medical personnel on staff um, and also having um, updated equipment to take care of women. And in the requirement for, you know, having a physician um, uh, have hospital privileges within that same community, I mean, we're, we're talking about... Um, you know, a woman being able to go to the hospital if there's an emergency situation and have her physician meet her there and know her medical condition from um, what she just went through. So it's, it's really just um, medical um, common sense to be able to have these laws in place. And like I said, they've been in place since 2005. Um, Missouri was the first state to pass these common sense regulations. Similar regulations were challenged in the state of Texas and were actually struck down by the United States Supreme Court recently, specifically these two these two uh, uh, portions of it, requiring it to meet the, the, the health standards and have admitting privileges. Is this, uh, this is going to be a threat to us here in Missouri, I believe? Well, they are similar laws. However, one part of, well, a, a, a section of the law that was passed in 2005 was challenged. Uh, ultimately, you know, they've, they've been in effect since 2005, but they were challenged to the, from the perspective that, uh, and ultimately the court asked Planned Parenthood, our Attorney General Coster, and at that time Governor Blunt to sit down and uh, with the Department of Health and come up with a compromise that, um, you know, that all parties could be happy with. The judge didn't throw out our laws. He just said, let's see if we can come up with something that works in Missouri. And basically what they did is they said that anybody who had an ambulatory, who had a um, facility license at that time could step outside, especially the, you know, the Kansas City or the, or the Columbia Clinic, not have to abide by widening their doors or anything like that, as long as they stayed under that one license uh, and, and, it, and it had not expired. But since that time, obviously, the Kansas, we don't have a Kansas City Clinic uh, in Missouri anymore. We don't have uh, a clinic in Columbia right now that has a license. So the issue this last legislative session became whether the Columbia Clinic would get a reissuance of the same license. And they fought very hard to do that because they know that they had made the agreement back in 2010 
and that they would not have to widen their doorways or their hallways or anything like that. But they fought to get the reissuance of the license, which they did. However, their license, again, has expired, and so there is question now whether they will have to abide by the laws. And that's why they're challenging it, because they know they're going to have to get a what is labeled a new license rather than a reissuance, and that they're going to have to abide by these laws. So right now, Planned Parenthood only has one facility, I believe. That's here in St. Louis. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And, and like I said, uh, these laws were passed in 2005. All of the, uh, any abortion clinic in existence at that time, they've all been operating under these laws. And women have not been harmed by these laws. Women have been helped by making sure that they have uh, better medical care. We've all heard the horror stories of Dr. Gosnell and and that abattoir that he ran. Yeah. And these laws were designed specifically to prevent that kind of thing from happening. I, I see the irony where, uh, where the pro-choice, pro-abortion people are saying, well, you just want to put women back with the old days of the coat hangers and make it unha- unhealthy for them. But but these are, these are standard common sense health regulations, and they're fighting them. I, I just uh, I find that unfathomable. Right. Well, and these laws aren't preventing a woman from getting an abortion. These laws are are meant to make sure that if they are going to choose an abortion, that the facility that they're going to walk into. Um, has quality medical care for them. It, it's like you said in the beginning, you know, if you walk into a, to get a colonoscopy or, you know, to have knee surgery or, or, you know, whatever you're doing as an outpatient surgery, you're going to have qualified medical care and that facility is going to be regulated. Why would the abortion industry not want to abide by the same medical standards as every other facility? And the government certainly has regulations on everything from tattoo parlors to uh, to uh, pedicure places. Correct. And and, it, and and they're just looking out for the best interests of in, in our situation in, in for Missouri citizens. Now, this uh, law in Missouri has been challenged by several organizations of Planned Parenthood as well as the ACLU. Who is defending it? Who who is uh, is now in charge of defending this law before the uh, courts? Well, they, that will go uh, to our attorney general, and I'll be watching that along the way to see, you know, what kind of ruling comes down from that, and um, and look at you know our our new incoming in- attorney general uh, to his leadership to any kind of challenges that we may need to do. So we we feel very confident about uh, our new incoming legislative team as well as our statewide officials that they will stand to protect women and babies. Well, that was going to be my next question. The political landscape has changed considerably both in this state and nationwide in the wake of the recent elections. Is your organization optimistic about the future of the pro-life movement in in view of these changes? We are optimistic. Pro-life people went out and worked very hard uh, to get new legislators uh, that that are going to stand for what they said they would do. And, you know, and we endorsed a lot of legislators, both on the statewide level as well as the national level, to make sure that we can, you know, accomplish saving babies and protecting women. And, you know, something that a lot of people that have been in the pro-life movement for a very long time have sought is the defunding of Planned Parenthood. If Planned Parenthood wants to go ahead and do abortions and women want to have abortions, you know, defunding them should not stop people from doing that. What we're saying in defunding Planned Parenthood is, if you want to have an abortion, don't do it with my tax dollars. But 
in defunding Planned Parenthood, what we're wanting to do and what we've done on the statewide level is we've not just defunded Planned Parenthood in Missouri with our state tax dollars, but we've redirected those dollars into federally qualified health centers where women can get actually better care and more access to a lot of other uh, a variety uh, of health care options. So, you know, redirecting that funding that will be removed from Planned Parenthood will not be uh, a prevention of women's health care. It will be increased women health, women's health care. Now, Planned Parenthood says that only 3% of their business is abortion, and yet one-third of their funding comes from the federal government. Now, also, there is the Hyde Amendment that says that the federal dollar specifically cannot be used for abortion care. And yet, that that uh, funding, one-third of their budget, frees up their resources for abortion purposes. I think, really, it's a, it, we're, we're looking at a, a smoke and mirrors accounting game here. Exactly. Otherwise, they wouldn't be fighting so hard uh, to keep the, keep, keep the funding. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's manipulating their budget so they can say whatever they want to say publicly. And, um, you know, it's time uh, that we as citizens to stop paying for abortions. What is our time frame here? Now, the lawsuit was just filed uh, a week or so ago. Where does it go from here? As you mentioned, it goes up to the state attorney general. But what's the time frame and what's the how is the process handled from this point? Well, typically you don't see, uh, you, you know, we expect challenges on any pro-life law that that is put forth. And typically, you don't see it moving uh, quickly. Um, you never know with the change of power uh, if they'll move through the system a lot faster because you look at the dates of, of when appeals have to be done afterwards and everything. So, you know, you, we don't take anything for granted and don't set anything in stone as far as schedules go. We, we, don't, we don't know, never know what the court is going to do. Well, we know that uh, President-elect Trump has uh, gone on record as saying that he is pro-life and also supports defunding Planned Parenthood. It's also part of the Republican Party national platform. Have you spoken to our incoming governor-elect here, uh, Mr. Greitens, or any of the other state officials on how they stand on this issue? Um, we have spoken with governor-elect uh, Mr. Greitens, as well as I was a delegate to the National Republican Convention. So, you know, we, we've been very involved in the political process. Uh, we feel very good about Governor-elect Greitens as well as President-elect Trump and that he will, both of them, fulfilling their promises that they've made to pro-life citizens across Missouri as well as across the United States. And we're excited about, uh, you know, Vice President-elect Pence as well. We think we have a good team going and uh, we're looking forward to working with them. We also have a good slate of statewide officials, you know, from our Attorney General to the Secretary of State, to the Lieutenant Governor, and a continued supermajority in our Missouri House and Senate, as well as great congressmen and women uh, in Washington and our U.S. Senator. Um, so we, we feel very confident about the future. I think it's, it's brighter you know, than a lot of us have seen uh, and hoped for in a long time. And we're excited about passing legislation that will ultimately save babies and protect women. Something that I've seen just as an observer, Roe v. Wade passed in, uh, was, uh, was ruled back in 1973. 74 was the first organized protest march commemorating or that, that horrible decision. And it really was just a handful of people. But this has grown over the years to the point where hundreds of thousands of people have now been attending the March for Life in Washington, D.C. One of the other changes I've seen over and above the growth of it is that demographics 
now I'm seeing more and more young people are joining in the, the protests saying, this is wrong. We know life begins at conception. This has got to stop. Have you seen that as well, or is this part of just what I would like to see? Uh, no, we've seen it as well. Um, we have a pro-life lobby day, uh, an annual pro-life lobby day uh, during our legislative session. And we have seen a huge influx of young people involved, uh, the Students for Life, and um, you know a lot of college kids, a lot of younger kids even from uh, the high schools. They're just really excited. They don't understand why uh, this fight's been going on so long. You know, it's, it's really very simple, especially as you look at the modern technology that we have with ultrasounds and everything, seeing a baby in the womb. So uh, we are excited. Uh, we do send a lot of buses to Washington every year to the March for Life. Uh, it's amazing that it doesn't get as much coverage. If you had hundreds of thousands of people in any event, you'd get coverage, and yet you don't see it. But, uh, but they're there. And they're standing up for life. And uh, it's just a variety of the youngest uh, to the oldest who are fighting for life. As we pointed out, there has been a growth in this. There has been a sea change in the public opinion. What is, why is it? What has done it? Is, has it the technology? Is it the fact that people can now see the baby in the womb? It is a baby. It's a human being. You know, science is on the side of pro-life. This is a distinct human being. It has its own DNA. It has its own heartbeat, its own organs. And I think perhaps combined with the horrendous videos we saw of Planned Parenthood, Maybe this is part of it. I, I think so, too. Um, you know, I think modern technology has opened uh, the window into the womb, and uh, we can see the baby at, at you know, the earliest stages of development, uh, especially with these 3D ultrasounds. Uh, they're more clear than ever before. You know, back in 73 when Roe passed, uh, you know, they and, and Planned Parenthood still continues to call this a blob of tissue. They refuse to acknowledge that this is a baby in the womb. But we can see and we know better, and especially if you listen to the heartbeat. You know, so I, I think modern technology has helped increase bringing people to the pro-life position. And I, I think it will continue to do that. Uh, science is always going to prove that this is life in the womb, you know, that uh, life begins at conception, as the scripture tells us. And uh, we just, you know, are excited about the new growth of young people in the, in the movement. Has social media helped in this? It has, definitely. Uh, we use social media a lot, and uh, our Facebook and Twitter and, uh, you know, all of the new coming uh, modern technology things that, um, you know, that, that people look at, and that you can get information instantaneously. You know, uh, that includes our legislators on the floor during debate. It includes people out in the, in the public if we need people to call legislators uh, about what's going on. So information travels fast, and I, I believe it's helping uh, because it's not just the information and word of mouth going. It's also being able to show people and legislators uh, specifically, you know, definitions and, and medical textbooks about, no, this is not right. This, this is what is actually the fact. So, you know, so matter, uh, modern technology has, has helped tremendously in, in educating people. If people want to learn more about what's going on in Missouri and about your organizations, how can they find out? Uh, we do have a website, and it's www.missourilife.org. It has a lot of information on there regarding the legislation that we're going to be working on during 2017. It's continued uh, education information, uh, events going on around the state. You can also sign up for a lifeline that we put out weekly uh, that comes out on Friday. And then it also our, our uh, homepage also has links to our political action pages. 
So you, you can get all the pro-life information that is going on around the state of Missouri that is updated every week, every day. What can our listeners do to get more involved in this fight? Uh, we encourage people to come to our pro-life lobby day. Uh, they, uh, and that this year is going to be March the 14th, 2017. And it begins at 10 a.m. in the state capitol in Jefferson City on the first floor rotunda. And we will be having a rally at noon. There will be a lot of uh, the new legislators that will be speaking. We hope to have uh, Governor uh, Greitens at that time to come and speak to us as well. Uh, Melissa Oden, um, an abortion survivor, uh, will be one of our keynote speakers. So it's an exciting time to get to know uh, all of the updated information about what's going on in the pro-life movement uh, at that time. Meet the new legislators, meet your current legislators, your um, your governor, and hopefully um, your attorney general and your secretary of state and other uh, key leaders across the state. So, you know, check the website, come to Lobby Day, and you're going to get a lot of information uh, because the reason we are where we are right now is because of the involvement of the grassroots across the state of Missouri. What makes Missouri Right to Life strong is the number of people that stand up and, and, and want to protect life and stand up for their values. And Missouri certainly seems to be in the forefront of the pro-life movement. I'm, I'm very proud of my fellow Missourians here. Oh, we are definitely proud, too. You know, like I said, it's, it's because of Missourians uh, standing and taking the positions that they do that we have uh, the makeup of the legislative body, both here in the state and in Washington, that we have. Oh, in fact, the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate is, of course, very committed to the, uh, to the pro-life movement. We know that life does begin at conception, and we have a strong presence at the March for Life every, uh, every January in D.C. Will Missouri for Life be present as well? We will. We will be there in, in January in Washington, D.C., and uh, let me just say that we appreciate all the denominations that we work with. Uh, we would not, we could not take the position that we do because our positions, um, without our, our faith leaders, uh, our positions are based on Scripture, and, and we just appreciate you so very much. And we certainly appreciate the work that you are doing to preserve these, young, these innocent lives and to spread the truth. Well, we thank you. Okay. Ms. Klein, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you being on this program. And uh, God bless you, and God bless your organization and the work that you're doing. Thank you, Kip, very much, and God bless you all. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.